The following is a Westminster Seminary, California morning devotion given by Dr. Stephen Baugh. For more information about this message or about Westminster Seminary, California, visit us online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Online, wscal.edu, or call 888-480-8474. Almighty God, our Father, we thank you for calling us into your presence. We thank you for inviting us who were forlorn and lost and hopeless into the very courts of our great God and King. We thank you, O Lord, for your mercies and grace in this temple place. Not this building, O Lord, of course, but the temple that you have established on earth, your church, Uh, Indeed, people redeemed from the far-flung edges of the earth where we are uh, to enter into your very presence in Christ Jesus. We thank you, O Lord, that your truth is firmly stood. It will last forever and is our hope and our wisdom. Through Jesus Christ, who is our righteousness and our redemption and our wisdom, we pray this and thank you. Amen. Please be seated. I brought my Greek New Testament, but I'm forbidden from opening it in your presence during chapel right now because we're doing Old Testament wisdom. Kind of a shock, so. The, uh, this is the first in a series from the, that will be offered by the faculty on Thursdays on wisdom from the Old Testament. I think we were allowed to pick anywhere in the Old Testament, although we were strictly forbidden from going to James or you know, New Testament sources of wisdom, which is fine. Uh, so I, I actually was scheduled for next week, and I uh, asked uh, Dr. Fesco if I could switch with him. So I'm doing the first in this series because I'd like to uh, just tell you what I think, <laughs> and I hope you find it edifying. Um, I'd like you to think about wisdom from this starting point, uh, I, I, def, I uh, describe the concept of biblical wisdom as the skill of godly living. Skill of godly living. So three words. Those are my three divisions of my chapel message to you. The skill of godly living. Now, I'm not saying this is how you define the terms in Hebrew or Greek for wisdom. I'm not saying that. And it's not really a definition of wisdom per se, it's more of a description of um, the gist of wisdom, certainly a starting point for thinking about wisdom when you're working in the scriptures. I found this to be very helpful personally to uh, work from this starting point. Um, And so I'd like to uh, talk about all three of those things, the skill, godly, and living, as found in uh, primarily Proverbs, a little bit in Psalms, And we might sneak a peek at the New Testament if we can without being yelled at. So that's what we're going to do now, is uh, work with that idea of skill of godly living. Now, there's more to say, but I I hope in the coming uh, series of chapels that this would be a helpful starting point. Now, you have skill of godly living and being in our Hebrew moment now, because we're doing Old Testament, we're going to do it chiastically, because they like chiasms. We're going to start in the middle and talk about godly, because that's easiest. 
So wisdom and godliness going together. This is really pretty obvious. You don't need me to elaborate on that at great length. Proverbs, you know, opens up. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. One of the things you find in the opening of uh, Proverbs is that knowledge, wisdom, and instruction, uh, the Greeks would call that paideia, discipline, uh, instruction to guide you in life. Uh, that's, that's the equivalent of this, what this means here. Those two things really go together. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but the kind of knowledge we're talking about where it's really wisdom and instruction in how to live life, that's what the fear of the Lord is uh, the beginning of. So you cannot have true wisdom or knowledge in this sense of how to live life before the Lord successfully in this creation without the fear of the Lord. It's really, you know, the foundation of all. And then this is even more explicit in Proverbs 9.10, easy verse to remember, you just count up 9.10. And that says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, knowledge of the most holy, that is understanding. That was my own translation. Uh, kind of a risky thing to do. It wasn't even of the Septuagint. But the word for uh, holy there is plural. And I take that in my naivete as this uh, holiness of God supreme. So knowledge of the holy is plural, you know, and this is a way to magnify God's holiness. So you could render that as I did, the knowledge of the most holy, that is understanding. If you want wisdom, you start with the knowledge of God. God is the starting point for all of our wisdom. And this includes knowing him. It's not just accumulating facts about him, but walking before him, as we will see as we unfold this further. So wisdom goes hand in glove with godliness, with the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord includes trusting in him, as well as being careful with how we walk before him in fear, <clears throat> in, in holy fear and reverence toward him, because he is someone to be reverenced and respected supremely. The opposite of this is folly, obviously, and you can see the uh, fear of the Lord particularly acutely when you see the opposite. And the opposite of the fear of the Lord is scoffing, which comes out uh, very often in uh, not only Proverbs and Psalms, but it's in Isaiah, for example, Let me read this to you from Isaiah 29. For the ruthless will come to nothing, and the scoffer cease, and all who watch to do evil shall be cut off. There are three people there. The ruthless and those who watch to do evil. A vivid imagery, right? It's someone who is on guard to do evil. Someone who stays up at night looking for a way to safely do evil. Someone who invests time and energy in it. 
Now, people, you know, I've heard this. I don't know how accurate it is, but I've heard that most drug dealers could make more money if they worked an honest job. They'd probably live longer, too. I mean, this is part of the whole deal. But I, I've heard that, and it's very interesting if it were true. I don't know. But you, you think about someone who's watching to do evil and ruthless, and he says, that's a scoffer. And when you think about the scoffer, particularly in Proverbs, you know, we're not talking about the Gentiles who come into Israel and scoff at their religion. We're talking about Israelites who are scoffing. These are people in the old covenant church who are scoffing, turning their backs on the Lord and scoffing. These are apostates. These are people who belong to the covenant people who are scoffing that is being addressed here. You should keep that in mind when you're reading Proverbs. You're not talking about the outsiders usually. It's talking about the you know people within Israel. If you want to see this further in Isaiah, you look at Isaiah 28, a very poignant passage where God addresses the scoffers who've made a covenant with death, saying, we will serve you, protect us from you, and he says they will go down into their grave. These scoffers who've made a covenant with death, I will annul that covenant, and they will die. So God has some very strong words about this idea of scoffers who think they can avoid the wrath of God somehow. Proverbs 14.9, fools mock at the guilt offering, but the upright enjoy acceptance. This is how you know that it's an Israelite. Fools mock at the gift offering. They have before them the law of God with a avenue for forgiveness from God. You know, this offering avenue, this sacrament put in place into the old covenant to bring them to faith and show them the provision of God for the forgiveness of sins, and they mock at it. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there is any who understand, who seek after God. They've all turned aside. Together they've become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Sound familiar from Romans? Have they no knowledge? All the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord. Psalm 14, quoted by Paul in Romans. Proverbs 10.23, doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. Doing wrong is like a joke to a fool. But wisdom is pleasure to a man of understanding. Here you can see where godliness, you have to have it. It's foolish to treat doing wrong like some joke. It's, it's utter folly. Turn and take up the, the avenue of wisdom. You can see this further in one's attitude toward the law. Look at Psalm 19 and, and meditate upon that. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. Simple here means naive. When you're reading Proverbs and you hear about the simple, you tend to think of a child. They're kind of naive, right? They just don't know how things work, and you can pull practical jokes on them. 
And we, we kind of smile at that. But if you have a 40-year-old who should know better and is naive and blows all of his family's money and, you know, ruins his life and the life of others because they're stupid, they're naive, they're simple, and have not learned these basic truths, we don't find that quaint and cute. That's what we're talking about here. We're talking about people who think that doing bad is a joke, who scoff, and they're simple. They're heedless of life around them and of the ways of the Lord. They're heedless of it. And they just say, I don't care about his law. You know, to us, the law of God is perfect and sweet, sweeter than honey. The law of God, for the redeemed of the Lord The condemnation of the law has been removed so that now it is our way of wisdom to obey the Lord, to walk in his ways. It's like a, a spotlight showing us how we can walk wisely before him. The law should be your delight, not a fearful thing because it has no more condemnation for us. It it is to us the Lord's own way. It's rooted in his nature, and we should make it ours. Because for those who are called Jew and Greek, there is a a wisdom and a righteousness and a redemption that is found in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1. Notice how I sneak in that passage. Okay, godly. We have to hurry up. I left the hardest to last, and we won't have time, so you just figure it out. No. (laughs) Skill of godly living. Living. Now, this is obvious. If you don't understand that wisdom is about living, then you need to read Proverbs 1. <laughs> uh, it's pretty obvious. One of the ways this comes out figuratively is you have in Proverbs 1 through 9, which I regard as a kind of catechism of the Old Covenant, Proverbs chapters 1 through 9. It's interesting where wisdom is. Wisdom is in public. She's on the streets. She's in the courtyards. She's at the gates where all the public, uh, you know, judicial transactions take place. And she's in the marketplaces. So wisdom is all about public life. Uh, Wisdom you'll find when you read further in Proverbs. Wisdom deals with one's uh, family relations, friends, and strangers. So really any kind of personal relation you have is covered in, in wisdom instruction in the scripture because it's practical. It's about life. It's about bringing the law of God into, into reality in your life. The truths of God, your trust in him is worked out in this practical way about life. So this is a very important uh, sec- section for us to meditate on, and I'm sure the uh, faculty will be discussing this as we fir- go further in the series this semester on wisdom in the Old Testament. But I'd like to finish up with the last one, skill, a skill of God of living. Now, we've all read in James where wisdom comes down from above. And it sounds to us like you get up in the morning and like the dew, just falling from the sky, if you walk outside, you're going to get wet, and therefore wisdom will just, you know, 
come down on you and you just wander around and there it is. You know, God will give it to you. Read the first few verses of James. Trial produces endurance. Testing. He got that from Proverbs. The crucible is for silver and the refining smelter's pot is for gold. The Lord tests the heart. That's Proverbs. Trials. You have to go through trial to develop your wisdom. The Lord will put you through things in this life to bring out your wisdom. And then you pray to him. You look to him. That's the foundation of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. You look to him for wisdom. And he develops it in you in the course of your life. He's holding your hand as you walk through life. But it's a skill that you develop. Let me show you two ways in which this comes out in Proverbs. One is, Lady Wisdom says, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. You have to seek wisdom. This is what it means to develop a skill. You seek wisdom. You search for her. This is not some arcane, obscure teaching. You don't have to go be an archaeologist to uncover some new document someplace where all wisdom is given to you. We have it right here in Scripture. No, it means develop it by working on it, looking to the Lord, as well as meditating on his Scripture and how it relates to your circumstance. You develop his wisdom. People don't just get older and become wise. There are a lot of old fools wandering around in our world, aren't there? It just, we, we tend to think you just get wise as you get older. Sometimes people kind of fall into wisdom or a kind of wisdom just by getting tired of getting beaten up. Don't go down that alley anymore. Okay. You know, ten times is enough for me. I finally get it. Then they're wiser. Okay, fine. But that doesn't mean they've learned wisdom thoughtfully, skillfully, meditating on the Lord's teachings and how it applies to them, and then doing it and developing it in their life, developing habits. This is what it means to search for her. If those who seek me diligently will find me. You have to be diligent in your work on wisdom in your life. Finally, it comes out in Proverbs with all of this teaching about reproof. It's one of the things that you find here, you find it elsewhere as well in the Bible, of course, but it's interesting how often wisdom is equated or associated with reproof. Now, reproof is not fun. This is why it's a skill that you develop. This is where the ear that listens to life-giving reproof will dwell among the wise. Whoever ignores instruction despises himself, but he who listens to reproof gains intelligence. The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom, and humility comes before honor, Proverbs 15. Humility comes before honor because you listen to reproof. Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Reprove a fool and he will hate you. But if you approve a wise man, he will love you. That's not easy. No one wants to be reproved. We all want to be right. And we want public acceptance. We want approval of our friends and family. 
We don't want somebody to bring us up short and say, that was wrong. You need to fix that. In the church today, if you practice church discipline, half the time people are just going to leave your church and go somewhere else. People don't love reproof. They don't love to be pointed out that they have to change their behavior, that it's not wise or healthy for them. But if you develop a skill of godly living, you will love reproof. I'm not saying you're going to like it. That's different. Liking it and loving it are two different things. You love it because you know it's good for you and it's, it's, they're right. I've got to change. That's the one thing I learned when I got married. I was not perfect. <laughs> Kathy reminded me of that over and over. <laughs> and when you're married, there's no escape, as it were. I guess, you know, divorce, and divorce was never an option. It, you know, that's just never an option for us. 36 years. And boy, you know, I had to change because she was right. She was right. I didn't like it. I did not like it. But I'm a little wiser because of my dear wife. Because she did not shy away from reproving me and correcting me. The skill of godly living, it, it impacts you in the most intimate relations you have, you know, man, man and wife, with your friends, with your family, in your church. But the skill of godly living this is where you will find treasure for your soul. This is where you will find peace, confidence. This is where you will find the way of Jesus. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we do pray that you would help us to become more wise. Help us to listen to the message of your scripture as it impacts us, particularly when we're wrong. Help us to love reproof, O oh Lord not because we are wise in ourselves, but because we love you and we love uh, who you are and all of the wondrous things you've done for us in Christ Jesus. Be with us now and help us to continue our work today to become more wise and instructed. In Jesus' name, amen. Copyright 2016, Westminster Seminary, California. All rights reserved. You are permitted to reproduce and distribute this material in any format, provided that you do not alter the wording in any way and that you do not charge a fee beyond the cost of reproduction. For web posting, a link to this document on our website is preferred.